Every day, a small group of people are making quantum leaps forward, building wealth faster than most dream possible, almost like they have the Midas touch. On Breakaway Wealth, we'll unlock the secrets to breaking out of the herd, thinking big and building wealth on our own terms. And now let's join our host, the creator of Create Tailwind, and your abundance advocate, Jim Oliver. Welcome back. This is Jim Oliver. I appreciate you all being here and listening to Breakaway Wealth Podcast. And with me today, I'm excited for my guest. His name is Harper Jones. Welcome, Harper. Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited to talk about a little real estate with you and a little bit of breaking away and some of the things that you've done and and your relatively short career from a time standpoint, but you've accomplished a lot in a short period of time. And I always think that that's very motivating. But let's start in the beginning. Why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, Harper? Yeah, sure. So I uh, am based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, been in real estate probably the uh, past four years or so and then got introduced to uh, IBC and to you early last year when I dove into it pretty heavily. So I'm excited to see the future of how IBC and real estate can complement each other and grow, you know, not only our relationship, but people who uh, we meet in real estate and IBC as well. So that's a little brief overview. That's awesome. And so Harper, you started doing real estate when you were 19? 19 or I think, yeah, about a sophomore in uh, college. Yeah, I started uh, flipping some houses at that point. That's awesome. And kind of started doing that quite a bit while you were in college, right? In your senior year? Yeah, I would say junior, senior year started uh, really uh, revving up and spending much more time getting some momentum going. Maybe the first six-ish months, you know, there really wasn't a ton going on because we were, you know, having the trial and error of anyone who's wanting to get started in business or, or whatever that is they're wanting to do. It always takes some time to get momentum. But once we got momentum, yeah, we were starting to do, you know, probably a couple dozen flips a year. And by flips, I'm not talking just rehabbing houses, although we did do a few of those a year. We did a lot of wholesaling where we'd flip the contract and, uh, you know, kind of be the middleman between the transactions. That's awesome. We'll get a little bit more into that as far as like what all that means to the audience that doesn't know. And then we'll talk a little bit about how you analyze properties and what what you look for and what kind of deals that you like to do. But let's go back to your college graduation because I love this story. But tell us about your college graduation and the um, NNI meeting that was there in Nashville. Yeah, sure. So I, uh, you know, had my college graduation and I believe it was a Friday that we would, you know, all go meet up there. There'd be probably, I think it's typically a couple thousand that would, you know, go walk uh, through the weekend. I went to University of Tennessee here in Knoxville, majored in finance. But there was a uh, infinite banking conference that uh, NNI put on, uh, Nelson Nash's uh, platform he had created. And I saw that it was in Nashville, and it was uh, Carlos Laura, Robert Murphy, and David Stearns. And plus, I knew there would be other uh, IBC uh, and business people there since it was about people using IBC in their business. So I said, you know what? It's the same day. It was uh, more last minute to make the decision, but I said, I think I'd much rather go to that, better my education instead of, you know, celebrating, you know, like most people do finishing their education when they, you know, go to graduation. So I decided to skip that, which I'm sure my family appreciated because they didn't have to sit down for three or four hours to watch me walk for 30 seconds. (laughs) So you skipped your college graduation ceremony to go to a, a Nelson Nash Institute event to learn more about infinite banking. That's, that's awesome. I love that story. 
and you met some really high quality guys there. In fact, I had breakfast a couple of weeks ago with a couple of them and actually had a meeting last week with the guy in Florida here that does mobile home parks that I started telling him a little bit about Knoxville, Tennessee and what we had going on there. And he said, is that Harper Jones? I said, do you know Harper? So, you know, I'm just telling the audience for a 23-year-old guy, there's a lot of people in the real estate world that know the name Harper Jones. So that's, uh, that's cool. Congratulations, Harper, on making that impact in a short period of time. Yeah, well, I really appreciate that. And the guy you're referencing, David, yeah, he's a really good guy that I'm glad I met who, you know, I would have uh, never met if I didn't, you know, go over there and go to that event last year. So that, that's good. And we still talk to this day, and I think we're actually going to share a hotel room for the think tank here in a few weeks. So we'll, we'll get to nice. that real well. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, one of the things that when people think about education, so you're going to school for finance. Did you learn anything about Austrian economics or, or infinite banking or anything like that in school? You know, there was not much, if any, that I, you know, learned about in, in school, the typical finance approach. Now, the Haslam College of Business here at UT is actually, you know, pretty, pretty decent major around here that's ranked, you know, pretty high. And I learned a lot of great stuff, but it was, you know, a lot of the typical education. I mean, no one really mentioned life insurance, not really infinite banking, didn't really go over real estate. And the real estate classes that were there, the few that were there, just were the basics and talking about amortization, depreciation, not really how to, you know, put creative deals together and really, you know, make some money and move forward with, you know, passive income. But I did, one of my finance teachers was uh, very sharp. And so I asked him, I said, hey, you know, there's this book titled Becoming Your Own Banker that Nelson Nash, you know, had written. And I said, hey, do you mind reading this? I'll buy you a copy if you go through it with me. So I actually, uh, you know, bought him a copy and I, I met with him once or twice at his office and got his uh, perspective on the book. So it seemed like, you know, he said it was interesting, but he kind of blew it off a little bit, so to say. But I just really wanted to see someone's perspective who is, uh, you know, teaching that, you know, at a high level, finance at a high level, what their thoughts were of, you know, this concept. You know, what's interesting about that, Harper, is I've got an appointment with uh, Bob Burnett, who runs our F Florida office, and we have an appointment with the head of a department at one of the Florida state schools, and he's written a book on financial literacy, and he's looked into infinite banking and is interested in where infinite banking fits into financial literacy. And, you know, so it's interesting because I think that if you find the right academic person who has an open mind to changing their paradigm, then I think that they'll embrace infinite banking just like anybody else that does their due diligence and looks into it and realizes that, that there's a problem that we have. And once you define the problem, and this is quite possibly the best solution to that problem. And I say quite possibly because I'm not professing to know everything, but it's the best solution that I've found. You know, it's interesting because most people think that their formal education is their education, right? But that's just kind of the beginning. Like you said, that's where I'm beginning my education, not ending my education. So that's cool. So how did you get interested in real estate? Were your parents in real estate or did you have a friend or... Yeah. So my family, my family was not in real estate, although my dad had a pretty successful career in sales and medical sales and pharmaceutical sales. So I learned a lot of, uh, you know, 
sales and hard work, work ethic, you know, good morals and values from him. So I got that, you know, from my family. But real estate I was introduced to, I, I really started meeting with a lot of my uh, friends, uh, parents, uh, like my senior year of high school and then freshman year of college to kind of see what field I want to go into and what type of field is, uh, you know, have wealthy people been in, where they place their money, you know, what do they do with their time? So I started trying to meet with a bunch of different of my friends' parents and other people that, that I ran into and get to know. And, you know, one thing is a lot of people, if you just ask, are happy to, you know, give their time. You know, you go take them to lunch and then you ask to take them to lunch, they end up buying your lunch. They just enjoy talking to, you know, some younger people who are wanting to get into whatever career it is or just kind of taking some initiative. So I found that cool that a lot of people who, who are successful in different fields like to give back. So I started to really, you know, notice that early on that that was something that was very consistent with a lot of people. But I guess I'm getting a little off topic, but essentially I saw, you know, insurance, real estate, sales, were all fields that a lot of, you know, high income earners or wealthy people were in. So I decided, you know, real estate would probably be a good route. I had done some door-to-door sales in high school, which was good to help me with my social skills and different things like that. But then I transitioned into real estate and met up with a guy here locally who had had some knowledge and then we started learning together. And that's when we started, you know, wholesaling. And it took a few months to get our first deal. We made maybe like 3,300, I think. So broke even basically on our marketing, not even factoring our time. But then that spring, we had actually bought a nine unit apartment complex. And if I had a little bit more financial IQ, I might have, uh, I may have kept this, but I was a little uh, nervous or scared to do so because I thought I would get a lot of tenant calls in the middle of the night, which, you know, really doesn't happen as much as you would think. Plus you could, you know, set systems in place to, figure that stuff out. But we had bought the nine unit apartment complex for uh, 92,500 and we flipped it for, I think 145,000 doing no work. And uh, so we made the difference of like, I think 51 or 52,000 profit. And I had a partner. So I think I got a check for 25 or 26 grand as a sophomore in, in college. And that's really what started opening up my eyes saying, okay, wow, this really can work. And that's when I started doubling down. Wow. Wow. That's cool. Well, you know, you said something there, you know, so you, you took like six months, you did marketing, you made an investment, right? And then you started to see the fruits of your labor. And I, I think that sometimes that's, that's the part people miss is they think in their head, they need to make this transition that's going to start paying them instantly. And that's how you get a job, to be honest, because you have to, you want that instant reward of a paycheck. And we all know that if you're going to be in business for yourself, that it takes time and there's an investment. It's just like becoming your own banker. And Nelson always talked about think long term. So I think that, by the way, if you're investigating infinite banking out there on the internet today, you can find a lot of people that are looking for that quick turn as IBC practitioners. And what I mean by that is there's click funnels and there's different landing pages that they're doing in here. Watch this webinar and I'm going to act like it's live, but it's not. And all these things that I don't have to talk to anybody, you know, and I, and I think, are you really doing the work to get to know your clients? And at Create Tailwind, what we really want is raving fans. So maybe talk a little bit. I know you did a little bit of research before joining and I'm sorry, I probably didn't say this and I don't think you did Harper, but after Harper graduated from college and he was deciding after this uh, meeting 
about infinite banking that he really wanted to spend some of his time or a lot of his time in the infinite banking world and coaching people and teaching people how to do that. And he and I started talking and, and decided that we should have a, a presence in Tennessee and really the Southeast and not that Harper could work with anybody around the country because we, we work a lot by webinar, but Harper, you know, the more that you found out and the more that you educated yourself, you decided you wanted to do that as part of your career. And um, maybe talk about kind of the things that you've seen out there on the internet as a young guy researching it. Yeah, sure. So I would say that the hardest part is, you know, getting started, trying to understand it. It it was great that I was introduced primarily through the book, Becoming Your Own Banker. There was a guy who who, uh, talked after we had spoke on a panel, his name's Scott, and he said, hey, you know, buy this book. I've been told before, but I kept putting it off. And, uh, you know, I just wasn't very open-minded about it. But at that point I was, so I'd, I'd read the book and that's like, I would have to say the foundational asset or best platform to go off of is the original Becoming Your Own Banker book by uh, Nelson Nash. So I'd read that and then that's what led me down the trail of a few other books. And there's some books I'd read that I'm like, eh, I don't know, or it's too far off or just too salesy or they don't really understand the best way to really specifically design these policies. So I'd, I'd read maybe 10, 12 books, 15 books, something like that. Then when I stumbled upon like Laura Murphy's show uh, with Carlos Laura and uh, um, Robert Murphy, they talk about, you know, Austrian economics and IBC. And I found that really fascinating. And they had dropped a lot of resources. And then, of course, through that stuff, posts on Facebook and then through Mike, introduced me to you and you'd give me some good resources as well. So I'd say the hardest part is there's a lot of noise out there, just like anything else in real estate or in, in working out or in a diet or this magic pill you'll take. And you know, everything's going to be great. It just doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You got to kind of dig in and research. So that's one thing I really like about Create Tailwind is you guys had, you know, the real deal resources and I could call you up or email you and you'd get back with some great stuff to go to. And then you'd also, you know, show the uh, contrarian viewpoint on maybe someone else's stuff saying, Hey, this is great, but just, you know, remember this, or Hey, you could go about it this route. And here, here's the reason to do it. Like for me, when I was getting started and I was talking to you about doing my own personal policy, I kept going back and forth because I'm like, man, why are you, why are you not giving me as much available cash value that first year when I pay a premium? And then I started realizing when you'd said, well, it depends on how you design it and your strategy, but here's how you can get better leverage and multiple in the long term. I was too stuck looking at the first few years, first five, first 10 years, which a lot of people are. They're like, man, this life insurance thing looks great if you design it right. But the problem is I don't want to have that first haircut or capitalization phase the first year, a few years. But then I try to show them like the long term or the policy and how you can use it. It's not an investment, but it's just a process. It starts clicking with people. But a lot of people, I think the biggest part is getting the right education because a lot of people get stuck, you know, on things like those first few years of the policy. But if you get the right education, it just finally clicks with you after a while. So that's a long-winded answer. Like I've been answering these a little bit more long-winded, but that's- No, no, that's great. So, you know, one of the, I, I love that you go back to Nelson's book because- you know, when you read through this book, I'm so thankful that I had Nelson that I could come back and I could say, hey, Nelson, you know, and, and every once in a while, he would verbally slap me upside the head, to be honest, because I would, I, would, I would misinterpret something in the book. But we'd go through it and ask him questions. And then I've seen him. I saw him live, I don't know how many times. And then I've watched the DVDs of his 12 hour, 10 hour, whatever it is. I'm not sure how long the DVDs are because I'm sure they've edited some things. Pretty much it's a complete 
Nelson Nash seminar. And he explains the book in more detail. And that taught me to explain the book to other people. And so one of the things that I've found the best way to teach somebody about infinite banking is to show them kind of an overview to intrigue them, to show them part of the problem, how banks work, and then have them read Nelson's book. And they normally come back with great questions from there. And, you know, when you talk about the cash value early on in the first couple of years, it comes down to page 45. And page 45 compares someone who wants to be a customer at the bank and someone who wants to be the owner of the bank. The owner of the bank starts behind, but they catch up and they blow past that customer really quickly. So once you realize that that's not what you needed to focus on, then it became clear. So I think that's where a coach helps. And that's one of the things that we do. And I've, I've noticed that you've, you're catching on to that so quick. And if anybody is involved in real estate and interested in learning more about infinite banking, you know, go to our website, get a hold of Harper, and I promise you, you're, you're not, you're not going to be sorry. So, you know, Harper, what do you think made you so much different than most college kids that are, you know, when they had some spare time, they're going to drink some beer and have some pizza. I don't know if, you know, that's what I did when I was in college. I don't know if that's what kids still do in college or not, but you know, what, what made you make those decisions of, I'm going to, I'm going to take care of my classes, but I got to figure out a different way. And, and, you know, let's use the name of this podcast. I wanted to break away from the herd. How, what, what, what happened or what is, is there an incident in your life or a revelation that you just decided I, I got to break away and this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, Jim, I'd have to say that I love beer and I love pizza and I, I yeah. definitely right, good. fair share in college and, and still do. But just like what you said, a breaking away is probably a perfect way to, to actually, you know, phrase the, what it was or, or a good term to use. And I would say one of the main incidents was when I was graduating from high school, uh, a few months before graduation, I was supposed to go to, you know, University of Tennessee here, going to ruin my friends, had it all planned out. It's going to go have a bunch of fun, go get, you know, you know, maybe a, you know, decent grades and graduate. And, you know, I'd be off to the races. I always like kept putting some things off. I'll do a little bit more work later. You know, life is great. But then, you know, there was something that had uh, come up uh, within the family that I, I couldn't go to the university for the first four years. So I went to community college for two years. Now for me, there's nothing wrong with that. All it did was separate what my expectations were and what I was uh, anticipating and what I was, you know, all excited about. And then a lot of my friendships had got cut off and a lot of that was for the better, you know, really, but I'd gone to a community college and, and that just made me so mad because I wanted to make my own decision <laughs> with it. Right. And so my parents also said, well, we have a little bit of a college fund for you to use when you transfer over to UT, uh, which was nice of them and my grandparents, but they said, we're not going to let you use any of it if you get student loans. Now, at the time, I was like, well, shouldn't this be my decision? Because I'd be taking on the burden. But I really appreciate them doing that because a lot of people just financially, even me included, should not have taken any type of student loans, which that's why I'm glad that they had kind of given me that ultimatum because a lot of people just aren't financially responsible in what they do with them and whatnot. So that trigger point to me was like, okay, this is the last time that I want to, you know, be kind of controlled or told or have to go with the herd on what to do. I said, I would prefer to be able to have a little bit more autonomy in my life. And I knew that would take hard work to be able to 
do that. But I would say that's the main trigger point that, you know, led me to, you know, really investing that extra time. That's what kind of gave me that kick. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you know, it's funny because when I was building my firm in Denver, the kids that, and, and, you know, forgive me if there's any ex planners out there that, that used to work for me, but the, the guys that were coming out of like DU, Denver University, and at the time it was probably $60,000 a year to go there. So quite honestly, the only kids that went there were kids that were very well off or maybe they got a scholarship to play hockey or something like that. But it was a high-end school. Everybody that I hired from there, they never made it. I mean, they just didn't. They just, they, they didn't know how to work hard. They were looking for a more comfortable job and they didn't know how to build their own business and they didn't know what to do once they got hit in the face and had a bloody nose, you know, they'd end up on the couch in the fetal position and they, you know, somebody had hurt their feelings. And then I'd have the guys that were 25 or 28 or 30 that failed in college or didn't get to go to college out of high school for whatever reason. And then they ended up at Metro state. Now, if you said, could I get a degree from Metro state or DU on paper, it, it wouldn't even be a contest. But the guys that came from Metro, these guys had, they had some adversity. They had been kicked in the teeth and they didn't go into the fetal position on the couch. And so, you know, going to that community college and saying, hey, this is not where I want to be, you know, we're motivated by two things, pain or pleasure. And we'll do more to avoid pain than we will to seek pleasure. So I applaud you for that. And that's, uh, I didn't know that part of the story. So I, I like that. And I like that you ended up graduating from the school that you wanted to graduate from, just didn't have the path that you thought you'd have, which again in life is the same with money, right? Is sometimes our path isn't what we think it's going to be. And when you think about getting into real estate and using infinite banking for real estate and whatever you conjure up in your mind right now, uh, and I'm talking to the audience, it's not going to happen exactly the way that you conjure it up in your mind. It's going to be different. More than likely, it's going to be better because if you get the right assistance to help you grow it, they're going to add some value to you and you're going to grow it bigger. But maybe talk about maybe what that taught you of, you know, hey, the path wasn't straight and narrow, but I still got to the goal. Yeah, well, I, I think back and that we were doing a Bible study earlier today and it actually came up was, you know, pain. And a lot of the time when, when pain and suffering comes up in the moment, you know, it sucks. But when you reflect and think about it, you know, it's kind of a wake up call and you're getting kind of your attention. And if everything's just all sunshine and rainbows all the time, then you really first don't have as much appreciation for the good, right? If you don't have the bad or the pain. Uh, so if you're always having this displeasure, then that's just what you're used to. You don't appreciate it. And then also it may not, you know, have you uh, wake up and notice uh, different things that you should do. So like that path for me, if I would have gone another way, I mean, I wouldn't be on this call right now. And I don't think I would be up to nearly as much as I am right now, which not that I've accomplished a ton of stuff. I'm just saying, I think, you know, I'm, I'm on a little bit better path than I would have been before uh, because that had happened to me. So in the moment, you know, I just, I wasn't very happy about having to take that other path, but it was probably one of the better things that had happened to me that I've yeah. answered the question there. So, no, that's great. So Harper, I know you're an avid reader. One of the things I like to ask everybody that's on the show is give me one, two or three books 
that you like to hand out or you like to recommend to people or you'd recommend the audience read? Yeah, I would say a go-giver. That one's great. Uh, Becoming Your Own Banker by Nelson Nash. And uh, one's pretty cliche, and I'm looking over the the ledge here to look down at the book, so give me just one second for the third one. You know, I got to think of some sort of real estate one, but it's it's really cliche, but Rich Dad Poor Dad, I think, was really good. That's what kind of also triggered me to look into real estate further. Now, the story and premise is very basic in there, but it also leads you down a lot of other resources if you keep learning and, and applying. So I'd say those three are, are really good. So recap, Go-Giver, Becoming Your Own Banker, and then Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, those are great books. And when I thought of you earlier and you were telling us part of your story, I thought about the Go-Giver because you know your attitude really is of a Go-Giver. And that's what we try to do. I mean, we try to, we base our firm on the five stratospheric laws of success. And, you know, there's been other books that have said those things different ways. And the Bible says those things a lot of ways. But, you know, one of the things that the the Bible says is that life is an unending series of burdens, right? So we know that there's going to be adversity. And we know that we have to overcome that adversity. And if we do, and we keep our head up and keep our mind right, that we're going to even be better off on the other end. So Harper, I really enjoyed learning a little bit about you and what makes you tick. And, you know, if anybody wants to reach out to Harper, you can email him at harper at createtailwind.com or you can go to createtailwind.com and look at our website and check out some of the resources there. And we, uh, we'd be happy to give anybody a Becoming Your Own Banker book that sits down and just listens to the overview, which is about 30 to 45 minutes. We normally schedule an hour just to answer questions. But we like to do that before somebody reads the book because I really think that it helps people understand the book. I mean, if they see the presentation first. So we'd like to offer that to everybody. Harper, thank you so much for your time. Look forward to having you on future podcasts and talking about other things that we got going on. Yeah, sure. All right, Jim, let's let's free the 10% together. Absolutely. Let's build the 10%. And uh, Carlos and Bob and David will love that. We'll see them in a few weeks at uh, Think Tank. And thank you all for joining us. Thanks for listening. And if you like what you hear, pass this podcast on to a friend. And please rate us on Outcast or Apple Podcasts or whatever platform that you listen to this podcast on. Thank you. Until next time, I'm Jim Oliver with Harper Jones. Thank you. Want to become your own banker and build wealth on your own terms? We'd love to help. Go to createtailwind.com to learn more and schedule a complimentary consultation.